Welcome back. You're listening to Cafecito con Magali and Glenda podcast. Today, we begin this podcast with very sad news. Kobe Bryant, a legend, has passed away in a helicopter accident. His daughter Gigi was in the helicopter with him. Our hearts go out to everyone affected in this tragedy, especially Vanessa Bryant and her three little girls. We will begin this podcast with a 24-second moment of silence in memory of the GOAT. Wow, I can't believe it. It still feels really unreal. It really does. I, I, I wasn't expecting this, you know, today. I was excited, you know, we were about to record our second podcast, and we were together. We had just left church. Yeah. You know? I was, like, scrolling through to see, and there was, like, even uh, tweets that said, this is not a joke, because yeah, ev- everyone's like, what? At first, they were like, oh, it's a hoax. And then the confirmation started coming in. And not too long ago, they just broke the story that his 13-year-old daughter was with him, which is so sad. They were on on their way to a basketball game or basketball practice. So it's tough being, you know, born and raised in L.A. Kobe Bryant has been in our backyard. You know what I mean? He's our... Our hero. He played for 20 years with the LA Lakers. You know, he's the greatest that we are gonna see. You know, it's um, it's sad. My heart is heavy, especially because I'm a sports person. You know, um, it's and so young, 41. Yeah, Uh, Gigi was 13, and he just retired four years ago. So he dedicated those last few years with to his family family. so it's a tough day tough day in la do you think we're gonna go down to the staples center since we're down the street yeah we'll probably walk over there but yeah i didn't think we're gonna start our podcast like that but we just wanted to pay our respect because we know a lot of people a lot of our friends a lot of people that we know a lot of people from la and people that are not from la i'm sure are sad about it too yeah, I can't believe this happened today. You know, just yeah. remember to tell everybody that you love them because you don't know when it's the last time you're going to see them. So That is true. Well, hmm. tough um, day. Yeah. Well, today, uh, as promised, Glenda and I will talk about what it was like growing up as children of immigrant parents. Yeah. That's a tough, that's a heavy subject today. I mean, it wasn't easy. Um, let's start with our how we identify. Yeah. So I identify myself as Salvadorian because my mother is Salvadorian, my father's Salvadorian. So therefore, I see myself as Salvadorian. You know, like one times one equals one. <laughs> um, how do you identify yourself? Well, when people ask me, like, where are you from? I say, oh, I, I'm from Nayati, or my family's from Nayati. So a lot of the times, I'm saying both things. So then they ask me, like, were you born in Mexico? 
So then I have to clarify. So a lot of the times, like to me in my mind, when I'm saying, oh, I'm from Mexico or I'm Mexican, I'm thinking like they understand what I'm saying. So I identify as Mexicana, Latina, Mexican, Mexican American. So it's a lot of different things. I know for you, you say Salvadorian. I don't say Mexican American, but if somebody asks me like, where were you born? I do say like LA, what, what do you say? Do you say? Well, they this when people ask me, because I guess it's difficult to figure out what I am, they always say, what are you? Mm-hmm. Have you ever gotten that? I no. All the time, they go, what are you? And I'm just like, uh, so I a will lady. say. <laughs> you know, it, it, it happens all the time. I can tell you, like, every time that it happens, I'll be like, oh, they just ask me, what am I? Yeah. So I get that. They don't ask, oh, what ethnicity are you? Are you Latina? Are you Hispanic? People get confused. They get yeah. Filipino. It must be my great context. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you fooled me too. When I first met Glenda, I thought she had uh, colored eyes. And I didn't see her not wearing contacts until a few months in. And then I was questioning her, like, our friendship is a lie. You have brown eyes? Are your eyes brown? <laughs> they are. Right? My boyfriend said the same thing. He goes, you lied to me. I thought you were exotic. <laughs> you little lies. You little thing. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I look Mexican, so I don't think it's really a question. And then my name is Magali Escamilla. So yeah. I feel like I look super Latina, but I guess people get confused. Um I, I have, my skin is not dark. I'm a little yellow. You always laugh when I say that. <laughs> Her bemoji is yellow. Because that's what I am. I feel that's what I look like when I go <laughs> compare makeup. You know, I kind of yeah. go to the yellow section because I feel like that's the color. I don't have any pink. Yeah. Well, when I was, I mean, I looked the same when I was little. Same face. Just a little girl, of course. But um, when I went to a different school I believe I was in third grade I didn't speak any English so at the previous school that I was at I don't know if I wasn't learning English or the class was all Spanish but I didn't think I was any different like I just thought I'm going to school having a good time like all my cousins spoke Spanish was this in LA and then you moved to Bolton Park so we lived in LA like different parts of LA but I wasn't in school yet um, my older brother was. And then we moved to Baldwin Park and the school that I was going to was in Spanish because then we we moved again because my parents bought a house. We moved to another place in Baldwin Park. And when I went to that school and I was in third grade, um, I remember showing up like during recess time and feeling like really confused. Like I don't have any friends. And then I realized in class that I sat in a different table. They sat me in a different table with other kids that didn't speak English or were learning how to speak English. And I had never thought about it before until I started school, but I was different. So I never really thought about it like, oh, I don't speak English. And it was like a big deal because I wanted to be the same as the other kids. I didn't really want to stand out. Like I wanted to learn as fast as I could. And I was struggling and I remember going home and like, being like upset and confused because I didn't want to get picked on like I want I didn't want to be like the little Mexican girl that didn't know how to speak English did you get picked on 
Um, the way I was pronouncing words um, years after that, and I think even now I could still, <laughs> I still have some I issues. I still pick on you. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I think it's because I didn't learn English uh, as a young girl. I mean, third grade is a young girl, but I wasn't speaking English earlier on. You know, as most kids are speaking English when they're, you know, learning how to speak. Um, but I did learn how to speak English, obviously. Obvio. Yeah, obvio. But a lot of the times I think in Spanish or when I read something, I read it in Spanish and I translate it in English or huh. the way I pronounce things sometimes may seem a little bit off. Yeah. Because I'm thinking in both like Spanish and English. I, my Spanish is pretty good. Yeah, it is. And I even asked my dad, I'm like, so do you think my Spanish is good? Because I want to do a podcast in all Spanish. And he's like, si, tu español está bien. I'm like, oh, right. Yeah. He guesses me up though. So who knows? <laughs> so my story is a little bit different. I was very fortunate. So um, my godparents ended up living um, next door to my mother. And my godparents had three girls and they all spoke English. So I learned both languages at the same time. They would take care of me when my mom was at work. So I would pick up English with the girls. And with my mom, I would obviously just speak Spanish. So I learned both languages simultaneously. Hmm. Now, my brother did not. My brother did not want to go to my godparents' house. <laughs> so my <laughs> brother, I think until he was in the first or second grade, is where he started picking up English. Hmm. Um, and I can't really recall with my little sister. I think she had two siblings that already spoke English. So she could pick it up, you know, the same, both languages at the same time. Yeah. But I'd have to confirm with her. She was little. I was little. I mean, I was older than her, so I didn't really pay attention to that particular yeah. instance. So that is, so yeah, I mean, I still get stuck, I think. I get stuck in English and Spanish because I don't know what I'm saying sometimes. Now, at work, all I speak is Spanish with all of my clients. So then when you go back to English, mm -hmm. I get stuck. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, going back and forth gets a little bit confusing. You don't even know what you're saying sometimes. Like, you try to say it in Spanish. But I do. I count in English. And I say... <laughs> and I, I say... Whatever I'm going to say in English in my head first before I say it in Spanish. Okay. So you do the opposite that I yes. do. Yeah. I want to speak Spanish so proper like Univision, like the news. Like that's how well I want to speak Spanish. And that's my goal because I speak Spanish well, but not like to that level of being a reportera in Univision, you know? So, but I have so much slang in me. <laughs> slang. Well, yeah, because my Spanish is different than your Spanish. That's right? true. My dialect. So is, yeah, so it's very different. Um, a lot of the words that we say may sound disrespectful. But wait, that's slang. If you were speaking just proper, not saying that it's not proper, but I'm saying like slang because Mexicans have slang. But let's say you're not saying any Selby slang. But that's all I know. I'm just kidding. No, um, I mean, obviously, it's just with respect. And um, when I'm speaking to my clients, obviously, I'm not talking to them in slang. Oh, that's true. But um, I still speak with a heavy accent. You do. But I feel like you can, you change it up. Like, you can speak with a heavy accent. Because I've heard you. 
And I'm like, whoa. And then <laughs> when I'm with can... my family, yeah. And I'm, when I'm with your family, I try to cool it down. So when you are hanging out with Mexicans, like let's say with my family, it's all Mexicans. Do you speak differently? Yes. You do? Yes, okay. because Salvadorians are known to be very disrespectful. Yeah, and but you wouldn't be like, well, there, whatever you guys. What, do you guys say that? No. Yeah, we do. Okay, yeah. So, so I mean, you wouldn't say that to no, my family. No, and I've noticed, and my mom has mentioned, that a lot of Mexicans don't like Salvadorians because of the way they speak. It's not that. I'll tell you why. Tell me. Because, and I was talking, I was talking about this, like, the other day. I was saying, like, why is it that Latinos get offended like, let's say you, you're Salvadorian, right? Yes. And somebody's like, oh, yeah, that Mexican girl. And then first thing is like, first of all, I'm not Mexican. And I'm like, we don't do that. You know, I'm like, why is it that? This is what I have known growing up, that Mexicans are not fond of, like, other race, other other countries, like people from other countries, like Salvadorians or Central American, because they get offended when they get compared to Mexicans. And then for us, we're like, wait, do they think they're better than us? You know, is that way? That's why. Not the offensive. I I mean, I just feel like everybody's proud of where they're from. Mm -hmm. And El Salvador is so small that you want to be recognized. For sure. You know, and Mexico is so large. You know, we want to be our, we want to be just like we were talking about identity. We want to be noticed. You know, I think El Salvador is maybe as big as Los Angeles. Where are most Selby people? Because a lot of Mexicans are in L.A. or like Southern California because the border is not that far away from yes. here. If you go to New York, there's a lot of Puerto Ricans. You go to Miami, there's a lot of Cubans. Like where are all the Selby's at? Here. In Southern California? Yes. So in Southern California, and then you have them in Australia, and you have them in some parts of Canada, most of the most of the people in Canada, Canada took them in because they're educated. So they're refugees. Mm-hmm. Um, so Canada had a program and took them in. So either you were a dentist or a doctor, Canada would take you yeah. and your family. Um, but most people came to Los Angeles, a big part. And another big chunk yeah. is in Australia. I don't, I don't have the exact facts. I do have cousins in Australia. Um, just two. <laughs> all the selfies are in Australia. Um, but the, <laughs> all of Do you know more? Or are you just saying to No, there's a lot of selfies <laughs> in Australia, but like my family didn't go there. Okay. Right? But they were being taken mm-hmm. in Australia. Yeah. Um, my family migrated from El Salvador because there was a civil war. So my family wasn't searching for the American dream. My family was coming here to survive. So that was the big difference. My mom didn't want the white picket fence. My mom just didn't want to be hurt. Wow. You know, um, my grandfather was kidnapped and he was never found. So the reason why we are here is because of the result of the Civil War. Yeah. But that's also in search of a better life because they couldn't stay in El Salvador. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think growing up, I always questioned, like, why am I different? Like, why am I dressed different than the other kids? I, like, would secretly wish that I was, like, white. I was, like, I want to be, like, the other kids, like, the white kids. I want to be rich. I want my parents to speak English. You know, it's, it's, like, all those things as a kid that I wanted because I didn't want to be different. And I was, like, 
would blame my parents for it. But now that I think about it, I'm like, they moved to a different country for a better life. And they didn't speak the language. It's like if I moved to Japan. Yeah. Like, what the fuck am I going to do there? But I can relate. I I don't know if I wanted to be white. But I... I I my godfather was white. We're not my godfather. How do I explain this to everybody? Let me go back and rephrase. Mm-hmm. When my brother and I were in elementary school, mm-hmm. our my godmother's daughter and her husband took us in. So we lived with them for about three or four years. And they were not blood related. They are not but blood related. Okay. So I moved. My brother and I moved in with Roxanne which was my godmother's daughter mm-hmm. and her husband, Damon. Mm-hmm. He was white, right? So I I learned his culture, and I guess I felt like I was his daughter. Did you lose your culture growing up in a white household? I think I didn't have... Yeah, I think I learned a lot of the white culture, the American culture. I don't want to say white. Yeah, let's not say white. Um, Sorry, but- you guys, whoever's white and listening to this. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I think I did learn a lot of the American culture with them, and it was something that I wanted, something that I I wanted to embrace, something that I preferred. So I can definitely relate that this is Mm -hmm. who I wanted to be. You know, I wanted to live where we moved in West Covina because we came from L.A., you know. And so, yeah, we liked that life. We Mm -hmm. liked being taken out. You know, you have (laughs) – I was poor. We were poor, and I can can relate with your – the clothes, yeah. you know, I would see other people with nice clothes, and mine was old, and I would wear my favorite outfit all the time. Well, it wasn't that my my clothes is different because my mom wanted me to look nice, mm-hmm. but to her looking nice, like she would do my hair really cute, and like I was wearing like matching everything. Like my outfit was fly. Now that I think about it, <laughs> I, I probably looked like a cool little kid, like all swagged out, but. Because my like my parents were like okay let's let's dress her like really nice what I remember wearing this little jumper that I looked like a sailor, and then I had knee high socks and boots, but I look different. It's nice for my mom, you know, like her idea of nice. But I looked like I was going to like a party, like a quinceanera, mm. and all I wanted to do was wear a t shirt and big, jeans. The big ruffly dresses. Yeah, like I was always like overdressed. Mm-hmm. Oh. No, I I had secondhand clothes. We didn't have enough money, you know. So I always looked at my cousins, and they had, like, Gap sweaters and mm-hmm. Nautica because I was hip, and I would kind of want to wear it. I'd ask Eric, like, my cousin Eric, I'd be like, oh, can I borrow your visor? Because I thought it was cool. <laughs> I didn't have that, you know. Yeah. But um, it just, your childhood molds you into who you are. And I feel like it's made me a better person. So I appreciate it. Yeah, you appreciate things. You understand the value of things. And hard work and sacrifice. Oh, yeah. We would have never been where we are today if my godmother, which I say my godmother, but she's actually my real godmother's daughter. If she would have never taken us in, I would not be here today to tell my story. I would be probably like, an Isla's Chola, <laughs> you know, not because in style anymore. <laughs> I know, but you know, I it, that that was the direction we were going. Yeah, there was that was what we had to look up to. Yeah, if we wouldn't have been taken out of LA, that's what my life would have been. Yeah, my dad was the provider 
and my mom stayed at home with us. So she made sure that, you know, we were clean and like dressed and ready for school and she cooked all our meals and my parents were very strict and very involved in our lives and even though I didn't like it when I was young, I didn't like that. You know, my mom wanted to walk me to school. My parents wanted to know everything. I couldn't be out like at a certain time in the house that we moved in at the new school because we didn't really know our neighbors because before that, I don't even think I thought about it, but because I was just like a kid, you know, having fun playing with all my cousins. Um, the first place that we lived in Baldwin Park, I lived next to my cousins, you know, our uncles, it was a bunch of kids and even the other neighborhood kids we were all friends. So I was just a kid. Like, so I'm really thankful that I had that childhood where I was like just running around and playing. But I do know because I asked my parents a lot of questions that um, when it was just my older brother and I, mm -hmm. my dad had like two, three jobs to yeah. provide to pay the rent. And I think my mom said that at that time the rent was like 500 bucks. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's nothing. She's like, yeah, but you don't understand. Like your dad didn't make anything. He had to, he would get out of one job and go into another. And, you know, they were struggling and they just wanted to provide for us and, you know, have a decent home. So it was a lot of hard work, you know, for, for both my parents. And like, luckily I'm glad. I'm really thankful that they were strict because I turned out okay. And yeah. there was no opportunity for me to like go on the wrong path because my mom and my dad were always like, what are you doing? What's going on? Like I had no privacy and all everything <laughs> that I hated. Now I'm like, thank you. I didn't have that. I, I think we were already walking by ourselves in the second grade. And so Bobby was in kindergarten or first grade. He was in kindergarten. We're only a year apart, but he was born in December, so we're two years apart grade level. And you're so little, so you probably looked even smaller. <laughs> yeah. So we were walking by ourselves. My mom had to work. My dad wasn't in the picture. So my mom had to do whatever she had to do. Three mm -hmm. jobs, two jobs. It was nobody to pick me up. Mm -hmm. You know, so we were already walking by ourselves. So we were pretty much, I was the older one, more mature. I guess girls mature faster than boys. So I was a parent. You know, I had to step up. I had wow. to be older than my age. So I remember when I moved in with Roxanne in the fifth grade. And she was like, baby, you don't have to do that. You can be a kid. Yeah. You know, I was like, oh my God. Like, and I'm getting emotional because. So your childhood started when you were in fifth grade. Yes. You didn't have a childhood when you were little. I was taking care of my little sister when I was seven years old. So it was tough, but it's made me... I didn't think I was going to cry. I never <laughs> cry. It's okay. Um, I guess I've never said it out loud, but that's what it is. That's mm -hmm. the struggle. That's the hustle of having parents come here and try to figure mm -hmm. it out because they don't have the language. They don't have the resources and once you have children, all they want is a better life mm -hmm. for us, you know? So that's... And it's heartbreaking to see, like, you know, if you're an immigrant parent and then you have sacrificed everything, you worked your ass off, and then your kids aren't, like, doing what they're supposed to. Yeah. So a lot of the things that I was doing, like, growing up, like, making sure I finished college, doing all that stuff... Like a lot of the things it was like, I got to, 
I got to make sacrifices too. Like I was working full time. I was in school full time. Like I was hardly sleeping because I was a procrastinator. Um, But it was like, this is not even like a little bit of what my parents had to sacrifice for me to like have the opportunity to go to school, to like be able to work, to speak English, to live in like the United States. It's Uh, crazy. The way that I see it, sometimes the firstborn in every, in a lot of the Latinos families kind of has to step up to the plate. So Mm -hmm. what I've noticed is the firstborn is usually the less educated because of they have to take care of the little ones. Not only that, but they don't have uh, someone to guide them. Yeah. So even though I feel like my parents wanted the best for us, they didn't really like tell us, like, like you said, they didn't really have the resources. They didn't tell me like, okay, you're going to go to this college. This is what we got to do. Like it wasn't set up for us. Like we really had to figure it out, even though they wanted, that's what they wanted for us. It was really up to us to, you know, move forward to figure it out. Yeah, I yeah. So, um, but now it's different. You mm-hmm. know, I think now we have more advantages. Um, I think we have people that we can look up to, mm-hmm. like our kids. It won't be as embarrassing, you know. And I think I would do a better job teaching my kid. This is your culture, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm really close to my family. I know you are too. So I don't feel like the cu- culture's lost. Like in my generation, no, like, I don't think my cult my my culture is no, definitely not lost right now. Mm-mm. But I do think that maybe my kids' kids <laughs> will probably lose it, you know. But you can always make a culture within a culture. It doesn't always have to be the same, and that's what it, that's yeah. what culture is actually. It's always evolving. That's true. So um, you know, and you always make new traditions and. Absolutely. I I love that, you know, I'm Mexican. I'm very proud of it. I love my family. I have a big family, tons of cousins, tias and tios. Like, that's just how how we are. And, like, I love that. And I hope that, like, you know, you know, if I have kids, like, my future kids can also, like, know what the culture is because I want to keep it alive. I want to make sure that they speak Spanish and I hope, like, their kids... and the- Definitely. I want to speak... Um, I think I've told you this before. I only want to speak Spanish to them mm-hmm. and I would like them to go to, like, an immersion school where they speak, um, I don't know, Mandarin, you know? <laughs> I want to learn sign language, too. <laughs> oh, we can. I mean, it's 2020. Got to set all those goals. If you don't have... I mean... I don't know who does resolutions, but if you have some goals or you did a list, like I, even though like I did a vision board and the new year's resolution, I actually do like goals every week, every month. Like I'm like a, I'm always like writing things in my notepad. Um, but I think it's never too late to, you know, want to be better, to pursue any dream that you have any goals. Always. It's your life like it you're never too old like never say like oh i'm too old to go back to school absolutely not fuck that like go to school if you want to go to school you want to be a youtuber be a youtuber like do whatever you want really because at the end like who are you trying to impress and like if you're worried about what people are going to say people are going to say things anyways they are so just live your life yes and um we're with we're about to close really quick, but please remember to 
Give your family members an extra hug today. Please remember to tell everybody that you love them. Um, yeah, live your life with, with meaning, with purpose. And just remember to be happy and do the things that you want to do. And um, like we are going to always close with a quote or a positive message, I want to share mine. And it um, ties into what we talked about today. We are products of our past, but we don't have to be prisoners of it. And that's Rick Warren. And um, kind of like, it doesn't matter where you came from. You, it doesn't mean that you're a prisoner of it. Like, you could have, you know, came from wherever you came from, um, whatever race, whatever color, anything. Like, you're not, a, you're not a prisoner because of it. So it's really up to you to change your future or to create your future. I should say yes my quote um is actually it's from an unknown it was actually on my calendars on my i have a calendar with inspirational quotes and it says that the moment you become your own best friend that's when everything changes and you really have to remember that because the only person that's going to have the best your best interest is yourself the only yeah. person that's going to have your back is yourself and you have to think of yourself before you think of others you have to love yourself before you can love anybody else so um you do i you have to enjoy your own company as well you mm -hmm. know i love being alone and i was like i i enjoy being me i like <laughs> um i am my own best friend and i know it sounds kind of weird but you're loving yourself mm -hmm. you know so um you should you should be the person that you want to hang out with you know you have to look back and be like am i the, am i someone that i want to be around so that's, yeah <laughs> yeah i do <laughs> well thank you everyone for listening and tuning in um we'll talk to you guys soon yes all right bye bye